0: comes, it's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 22 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in The Rambler, I'll be hosting Corey Lee Barker.
1: Once you've experienced creating a song, and whether it's you or someone else singing it, and you get to hear the audience sing it back, that's such a high. It's such a cool thing to know that you somebody connected with what was in your brain. It was nothing. All of a sudden, it's this tangible thing that makes somebody happy or sad or laugh or you know, it, touching people's emotions through something you created, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Is, yeah. Uh, It's such a cool feeling and once you experience that it's hard to not want to experience more of that
0: corey lee barker is a jack of all trades in the music industry songwriting is his passion and he has over 500 song cuts and tv placements he dives into his music beginnings and what he has going on today make sure to hang around till the end to hear alex smith sing a song he wrote and now brent gambrell will join me for a quick phone conversation to share a bit more about the nonprofit Adore to Hope.
2: Hey, what's up, Brent? How are you, man? I'm good. Well, giving you another call and get a little bit more information about Adore to Hope. Why don't you uh, highlight one of the, uh, the ministries within the,
0: the ministry?
2: Sure. Uh, um, one of the ministries of Door to Hope is called the, the Blocks of Hope. Um, having been working in Haiti for, for the last 16 years, we, um, we, we found one of the biggest needs is, is, is housing. But then the earthquake of 2010 changed all of that and over 300,000 people were displaced from homes. To this day, there are thousands of people who still do not have homes. So our homes uh, are, are dry block structures. Um, gets people off the ground out of the temporary structures that were built in 2010 after the earthquake many organizations came in and built temporary wood structures that have rotted to the ground basically um, so we are going in and helping people our, our homes are somewhere between five thousand fifty five hundred dollars a piece so they're not it's not a huge amount of money that we we, we raise for each home but uh, we we also hire all local Local, and we buy all local materials. So we're creating an economy as well as we go in and build. I'll be going in actually uh, this Thanksgiving week this this coming Thursday or this coming Saturday, and I'll be going I'll be going into Haiti.
0: Nice,
2: and we'll be building a house that week over Thanksgiving. Yeah.
0: Cool. well, I can attest the uh, the families are super super grateful, and and as a builder, or I should say, as a helper, um, it's a pretty cool to
2: be a yeah,
0: part of that. Yeah, you sweat so. well. You did. You I do. Well. Work, work hard. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, right, I will, I'll give you a shout um, next week, and we'll dive into another one. Thanks, Thanks for your time. so
2: much. Remember, right, adortohope.com. Adortohope.com.
0: Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. Now, let's dive into Corey's story. Hello, Nashville. Today, I am sitting down with Corey Lee Barker, and we are uh, today in a beautiful spring day that feels like winter it <laughs> sure it's uh it's, it's funny because when i talk like that i don't never know at this point when i'll launch it but yeah it's mm-hmm. it's nasty today um after 65 70 degree weekend i think it is a little bit different um, today but we're hanging in the metro center area north of nashville um actually i met Corey through mark barnowski And it's funny, every time I say his name, I, for some reason, I couldn't get it. Like, I was just afraid I was going to mess it up. And now I say it, I'm like, I got it. Oh, yeah. So. uh, He's a good guy. Corey uh, is an award-winning songwriter with over 500 song cuts um, and TV placements. Um, Radio manager at Power Source Music Nashville. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the author of Hit Happens and 101 Ways to Get Your Songs Recorded. He has experience in public speaking, radio promotion, merchandising, road managing, producing, staff writing, uh, music and magazines, publishing, cataloging, creating pitch sessions for artists, acting, and last but not least, stand-up comedy. That sounds pretty good. I didn't realize I did all that. (laughs) uh, It never said I
1: did all that well. uh, It just uh, said I had experience. It
0: it takes a little bit of everything to make who you are, right? It it really does. You never know when you might need to pull the comedy out to (laughs) break the ice or something. I agree. I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. So, again, thanks for uh, joining me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna dive into uh what i call the speed round actually okay. a few questions really speedy okay so speedy not, answers yes
1: okay. but it never actually happens in <laughs>
0: never that happens that way <laughs> uh, so how long have you lived in nashville
1: 20 years in april uh let's see may the 24th will be my 20th anniversary okay i think we're coming on 18 yeah well, why'd you move to nashville Oh, to write songs for everybody and their grandmother if they could sing. Nice. So hopefully the some of the more bigger payer ones, but uh, you know it's for me just getting a, anybody singing your song, knowing that they they put their heart into it and they have fans listening. It's, it's it's a pleasure no matter what. And the ultimate goal is to get to the grandmother, right? The ultimate goal, yes, because yeah. grandmothers they're awesome. Yeah. So and that's what you're really on and do. on. <laughs> so uh, where'd you move from? I moved from Memphis by way of Texas, but I grew up in, in Memphis. Okay. What part of Texas? Uh, Grandview, where there's no McDonald's, no movie theater. Oh, really? that small? Nothing. Have you ever heard of Uncertain Texas? No, that's a great name. My dad lived there for like two years. And you're uh, certain
0: about that? So when um, I met the mayor, uh-huh. he introduced me. And he said, this is the mayor. I said, are you certain about that? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he had never <laughs> heard they, that I'm before. sure they get that all the time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, and I don't know if you know, I'm from Arkansas, so we cruised through okay. Memphis quite a bit. Oh, yes. Good basketball um, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of back and forth.
1: So what part of town do you live in now, and why
0: would you choose that location?
1: Uh, I guess I'm in Stewart's Ferry by default. Okay. Uh, pretty much kept moving to wherever the better apartment was for the better rate for eight years when I first moved here. And then I found a little house that was, uh, you know, ten miles from downtown and at the, mm-hmm. at the top of a hill kind of out of the way. And there's just woods across the street from me, so it was a nice little spot to, yeah. to settle down. Yeah, we lived
0: uh, actually just across from the park and the police station. Okay. Um, in that area for nine years, and now we're just jumped into Mount Juliet. So, yeah, it's a great location. I mean, mm-hmm. 13 minutes, 10, 13 minutes oh, to get, yeah. get to Nashville. Unless it's well, rush
1: hour, then you. <laughs> yeah, then <laughs> you might hour. as well stay home. <laughs> favorite restaurant? Oh, my gosh, Monell's. Okay. Have you been there? I have. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you got to have a wheelbarrow to get yourself out, but it's it's good stuff. Yep. Yeah. agreed. Agreed. Um, actually, I
0: think the last five people I've asked, favorite restaurant, I hadn't heard of it. So okay. I, I finally heard of that one. There's so many of them. Oh, so good. Um, do you have a favorite hobby?
1: Well, writing songs. I think that's every uh, songwriter's yeah. hobby. Uh, I would songs. say secondarily playing basketball, but it's been 20 years since I was able to run down the court more than twice and not take a nap. So it'd be pretty much writing songs. Yeah. 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 I played I
0: played racquetball. I haven't played in a while, but I love it. And mm. I remember playing basketball uh, several years ago. I think we were playing full court. Mm-hmm. and man I, I had forgotten how much exercise it took I, oh, mean, I yeah. was
1: dying and it's when you're done and you ten minutes later that you it starts right. in on your legs and definitely um, tell me something a little unique about yourself unique about myself Well, I met Elvis okay awesome um, that's when, cool when I was two so I wish I could remember it <laughs> but apparently we went to church right across the street where he rode horses and I was acting a fool I guess and church my dad took me out to calm me down and he could he was six foot four he could see over the fence line and we didn't know it was elvis at the time but right. uh, elvis just saw a baby and so rode his horse over and, and met us oh
0: ah, that's cool so and you probably really didn't get a cool.
1: picture of it right no they didn't have cell phones back then so. yeah
0: yeah that's pretty neat huh that's cool got the elvis held you as a baby huh oh yeah where's one of the most exciting places you visited
1: exciting place for me um Cruise ships or uh, getaways, number one. Mm-hmm. Number, I don't care where it goes. It doesn't about the place; it's about the the ship doing all the work for you and the twenty four hour free food and ice cream machine. You just right. pull the lever and keep filling <laughs> your cone. That really got me the first trip. I think six times a day. But.
0: That's funny. You know, we have it So we did a we did a little tiny cruise out of, of Miami. I think it was Fort Lauderdale. It was like a timeshare type thing, uh-huh. um, and it was two days I think um, and it was funny because once you finally got to where I the actual real cruise ships are it mm-hmm. looked like a little John boat compared to a big oh yeah boat. but it was still fun um, it was interesting my wife gets a uh, motion sickness so yes. she hasn't been a big advocate of doing it although I would <laughs> like to I would like to do it I hear really good things about it oh yeah so aside from the intro bio give me a little bit more insight into what Corey Lee Barker has going on currently
1: Currently, um, I write with a lot of artists that are struggling trying to get there. When it comes to the famous artists that I've been lucky enough to have cuts on, I usually catch them like 10 to 15 years after their prime, unfortunately. But it's still such a joy when you get to write with people that you grew up listening to and you kind of idolized them a little bit. Yeah, it, It's never like, oh, why did I just waste my time? It, it's it's always an amazing thing. And that's uh, for a songwriter, you have to get in there in the trenches and write with the artists because that's the number one... All artists they, when they do albums they want to do something that they had a part of writing if they can right so doing that putting yourself in that position increases your chances dramatically of of getting that cut on that album and that's that's led to you know so many cuts from right you, yeah i can
0: past. imagine i can imagine too if writing with someone of that caliber so they recognize you well then maybe they know somebody else that's about to come up you know it sure. can put you Start connections, you know.
1: Well, and the and the producers of the small people, so to speak, and I hate that term. That you know, you, people say, "Oh, you're a nobody." I remember when you were a nobody. You're never a nobody, right? But you know, the producers of those people may may remember you. Oh, he was kind enough to give me a song when I was nobody ever heard of me, and now that I'm big, I'm going to go back to that guy and see if I can get another song. Right, right. And so it's it's never a waste of time.
0: Agreed. That's kind of it's funny because there's there's you know there's a few people that I'm like, all right, I'm going to interview them at some point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, let me get some under my belt. Let me get some experience, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And get it out there. Then I'll come <laughs> to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So why music? Uh, why not a doctor or an electrician or another profession?
1: If you Once you've experienced creating a song and whether it's you or someone else singing it and you get to hear the audience sing it back, that's such a high. It's such a cool thing to know that you somebody connected with what was in your brain it was nothing all of a sudden this tangible thing that makes somebody happy or sad or laugh or you know it, touching people's emotions through something you created I guess is what I'm trying to say is yeah a, it's such a cool feeling and once you experience that it's hard to not want to experience more of that and so at a young age how did that how did that begin Probably word out Yankovic. Uh, you know, I'd love the fact of making fun of other people's songs before <laughs> I could write songs, uh, and I still do that. As a matter of fact, the only record deal I ever got was making fun of other people's Not songs right. through uh, parodies. Unfortunately, they ran out of money before I ever got launched. But it started out doing that, and then writing uh, short stories, comedy, anything, any kind of creating. Period. I think helps lead you to uh, if you want to be a songwriter one day. It's it's never a waste of your time. That's cool. So do you play instrument as well? I, I mean, play you a play guitar. some, right? Yeah, yeah no, you don't necessarily have to play to be a good songwriter. I know several people who are fantastic lyricists, and they they, they get in a room with all. somebody else. Okay, uh, I'm more of a lyricist myself, but I I do play guitar enough to write the song, and then I put it down and let the professionals,
0: you know, play it right. like it's supposed to be played,
1: right, and that kind of things. Yeah, I'm sure it's cool too
0: if you're ever out and about and you hear your song. And are you, are you looking around to see the reactions and emotions, maybe, of, you know, how people react to it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's something that's been on the radio, it's fun to watch. It's, are they singing along? Do they even have any idea right, that the song right. exists? You know, right. and when, you, when you see that they know the words, that's a really cool feeling. That's cool. Uh, you know, seeing a song on, uh, I've been lucky enough to have a song on my favorite TV show, which was okay. Smallville at the time. Uh-huh. And that is a huge high, too. You turn on the TV, and n- not just a show, but your favorite show. Right. I mean, you, you can't help but feel lucky when that something yeah, like that happens. that is cool. So what age did you pick up, um, well,
0: I'm saying an instrument, but I guess the music bug. And uh, who or what were the influencing factors that led you to music? Aside, I mean, it was Weird Al, the main, main...
1: <laughs> well, early on, but country music is, is kind of where my heart is, country and, and positive country. Mm-hmm. Um, I work for Power Source Nashville, which is po- positive country music, so it's a perfect fit. But I remember being 16-year-old, and I walked through the house, and I was uh, f- grabbing their remote and flipping through the channels, and it landed on CMT, and I saw a video of The Dance by Garth Brooks. Hmm. And no. it and it just hooked me the whole the whole storytelling thing. I I'd never I'd always liked country, but it wasn't my main music. And from that moment on, I wanted to go record everything on country radio and play it back and, and just stockpile it. And um, and I just there was no turning back after that point. That's cool. So so huh. Garth and Weird Al, what a weird yeah. Yeah, weird yeah, combination definitely. of influences <laughs> and, and probably Randy Travis too. I always loved his yeah his yeah vocal. So looking
0: back at your childhood memories, what are some memories that stick out that had a big influence to
1: guiding you into adulthood? Wow, that's a deep question. Big influence that guided me into adulthood. it probably came through sports because there's so many lessons to be learned in sports when it comes to teamwork and determination and the whole don't quit thing. That and Star Wars figures. I couldn't get enough of playing with Star Wars toys, and my mom would want to create scenarios and and see a movie in my head and make that happen. Right. So all the things that inspire you to be better kind of help you to become a a, right. a songwriter. Uh, for me, it did anyway. Yeah. All those moments, and they and they seem so unrelated, but but anything that inspires you to use your mind and create different scenarios is going right. to help when you're trying to develop a story into a lyric. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: it's interesting to think that because I was in the cars and I was in the Legos. Uh-huh. And, you know... Legos was another good one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and of course I'd build and I'd smash. And I get Mm -hmm. so irritated at the kids now. I'm like, we spent how much on this Lego set? And you're getting creative with it? (laughs) Right. It's funny because you're like, all right, let the creative juices flow. But it's like, why are we buying sets, you know? Think sure it's, uh, but it, it would be interesting to look at different elements of your childhood you know Star Wars or whatever it is and how that really influences you as you get older oh, yeah. into your creative nature you know what I mean like sure I mean sure. you know if you were a construction builder or a home builder you know it, it, did you play with Legos and you constructed homes you know or Lincoln logs, did. you know yeah so it's kind of interesting to think um, the studies of that you know oh yeah So, from adulthood to now, what are some pivotal markers in your life that helped shape who you are today?
1: Musically? Overall, um, musically? Well, I mean, non-musically, I would say my wife. She got me more focused and uh, I was always, um, you know, create, create, create. But I wasn't, the whole. there's a whole other side of things. You've got to pitch, you've got to market, you got to get out and meet. And she pushed me to do a lot of those things that I didn't do as well. And she's not even a huge fan of country music. It's funny, I couldn't wait to move to Nashville to meet a girl that loved country music, you know, and get married. And uh, I found an amazing girl. She doesn't happen to love country music, but that is okay. And she has definitely helped me to, and being a dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to become who I am. Uh, other than that, I just, uh, I was, I've always been determined to, to make something happen. And when you love something that much, you can't not do it. So by default, I am very persistent. Right, right. So naturally, so it, it kind of helps. That's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, so it was just announced the songwriter of the year award goes to Corey Lee Barker. Who would make the acceptance of speech and why?
1: Uh, I would probably bring my wife up on stage because and uh, she's the one that allows me to do so much and, and encourages me. I'd be scared to bring my kids too because they're a little uncontrollable sometimes um, but it, it would sure be uh, depending on the venue it's always wonderful to be nominated whether you win mm-hmm. win or not just to somebody say, hey I, I noticed you're working hard at this and right and uh, we like what you're That's that's cool whether you win or not it's right that's never the main thing yeah yeah.
0: So I was just speaking with a woman the other day, which we had talked about this before we started the show, um, that recently got out of prison and just had a relapse with alcohol. I gave Mm -hmm. her some advice to reach out for help. Be vulnerable and transparent. It will help others um, as well as help you. Thinking back to some struggles over your journey, what can you share that would help the listeners who are struggling,
1: trying to make it? Well, thank God I haven't had a whole lot of big struggles. I've never, I haven't had any addictions or things like that. It's just um, being able to be thick-skinned, knowing that you're going to get a lot of nose. A matter of fact, um, 2015 I loved to use for example because I got 30 cuts that year. I pitched 3,000 times. That means I'm a 99% failure, if you look at it that way. You don't have to tell people all that other stuff. You just say, hey, 30 things did actually come through. Right, right. But I think it's very important that they know that you're going to get a lot of no's. And it's not going to be always because your song isn't good enough. It's just not right for that person or they already had something along that style or... They might have lost their deal, not recorded, or there's a million reasons why your song didn't make the project. Right, right. But you have to be able to just hang in there and let those nos and I'm not sure's and and you stinks and go home and never try again and all, no matter what degree of decline you get. Right. You gotta let that bounce off of you. You know yeah. that if you believe in yourself, yeah. it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Right. Keep yeah. pushing.
0: And so probably the the more nos you would get over the years, you eventually formulated an equation right to where you're like all right i gotta write this many obviously <laughs> it, it, you hope that number keeps decreasing right well
1: yeah i mean if you're lucky enough to get a no with a specific reason then yes. okay well let me just tweak it and then do that but it there's not always a, a gray reason it just yeah f- for whatever reason it didn't happen um, so i've been and in, it's okay
0: i've been in cells and it was funny i had sat down i remember playing cards with the songwriter and uh we were talking about like investing, and at uh-huh. the time, I I think I'd probably just gotten real estate, and we had a mutual friend who was investing in real estate, and he was like, "Oh, you got the, he was flipping a house, and, and mm-hmm. the guy I know who's a songwriter, he's like, "My oh, man, that's too risky. I would Why waste the time?" And he, you know, he was kind of negative on it, and I didn't think about it at the time, but as I was driving home, I was thinking, I was like, you know, really, writing songs and pitching them is mm-hmm. just you're taking a risk. How many do you write that do nothing? right sure um and so being in sales because i was in commercial truck sales for four years and then mm-hmm. real estate for the last six and the biggest thing that annoys me that gets under my skin is when somebody does say a no and they don't tell you why they just right. they just you know and i and even c- selling commercial trucks there's a lot of you know adult men that would tell you no and they didn't have the uh I, I call it the respect to give you some positive feedback, sure, but, sure. And at times you just gotta let it go, you yeah. know, but but when you said that, <laughs> I was like, always that was that's always. It's like I can accept it. Just tell yeah. me why. Yeah. In the music business, unfortunately,
1: me. you're rarely going to even get a uh, courtesy. There's a few people that see that will email you back and say, hey, I um, you know, appreciate you sending it. It's just not for me. Right. You're hardly ever going to. You're just getting no response, period. You don't even know if they listen to it most of the time. Right. So, you know, that's tough a little bit. But Now, it, sometimes when you don't get a response,
0: eventually later does that same artists maybe come back to it and you're like hey actually i like your song
1: i've actually gotten a song cut that i pitched 15 years previously before uh that doesn't happen a lot but sometimes you get those calls out of the blue like hey i was going through my old cds There was stuff with pitched for me and we're gonna do a new album and it's been years down the line and yeah sometimes it just works and sometimes it just wasn't the right time for them maybe it was a a great ballad about heart uh, I'll use one wave at a time, for example. I pitched it to uh, Cash Creek, twelve years, thirteen years, and they're like I like it, but I don't know, it's too sad. He was real happy mm-hmm. and great place in this marriage. Well, and when his wife left him, the lead singer, he was kind of feeling that I'm going to get through a one wave at a time thing, and he re-listens like, oh, I got to do this. Yeah, this is where I'm cool. at right now. And so sometimes it's just a timing right. with, with that particular singer's lifestyle. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of it has to, you know,
0: is probably who whoever picks the song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it depends on where they're at. You know, um, sure. it can be a big influencing factor who who you get in front of, the right person. Oh know? yeah. and as as you were saying that, does it is there a big influence too in who you have record your song that you're pitching? Like, is there some influence there? You think? Well, there's does that make a sense? lot
1: of writers only save their stuff for like I'm going to hoard it all here until I meet Blake Shelton or the biggest of the big because I don't want anybody medium or small to. Uh, you know, I don't believe in that. I think mm-hmm. if it's going to find its home, it's going to find its home. If if somebody records it and puts it out and doesn't do anything, then ninety nine point nine nine percent of the world didn't record it, didn't um, didn't hear it. Right. So what it's going to hurt for us, another artist to do it down the line. So right. I have several songs that have been multi-cut, waiting for the right person to just be the right time and have the right finances that it just explodes and yeah and all that yep. kind of thing. Because it does take money to promote in any any business, but it's no different with music. Yeah, that's cool.
0: So I know the music
1: industry can have its ups
0: and downs, just like real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, when you feel defeated and beat down, what do you do to get back up? Dust your boots off and move forward. I know you alluded to your wife probably kicked you in the butt to give you some focus. But what's some practical steps you know you take
1: to uh, when you've when you've thrown out you know fifty um, songs and nothing's gone. Fortunately, the last few years have been very kind. I'm I'm very persistent, so I don't really get those down, down moments. And most years I'm getting several cuts and, and that kind of thing. But um, it's just doing it more, doing it harder, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. it, focusing more. Um, like I said, 3,000 times to get 30 cuts. I don't go to sleep without pitching something somewhere. Uh, I try not to go to sleep without writing something new or tweaking something that that I wrote that is good but could be really good. You know, yeah. uh, rewriting is. Uh, they say great songs are not written; they're, re- they're rewritten. And that's, you know, if you're not going to send out a professional email when you haven't glanced over it five times to somebody that's really important, then that's the same thing. Right. So uh, right. the whole rewrite and tweaking and second guessing yourself, um, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah,
0: as you say the persistence, um, the songwriter I was talking about who's who's been pretty successful. I'm like, that's always what I r- recall in my mind is, man, he was writing like crazy oh, yeah. all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it took the right person and, you know, and then many other elements into it as he got successful. But yeah, it was the consistency of, of writing. So a new musician just drove down into town. Mm-hmm. Uh, They were a big shot in their small town, but now they are a tadpole in a big ocean, which I know tadpoles can't survive in oceans, but I like the
1: analogy. What are three tips you would give to help them succeed? Let's see. Go back to where you came from. (laughs) Um, You know, oddly enough, if you're, it all depends on their focus and their goals. If your goal is to be the best songwriter you can be, you really need to be in Nashville for at least several years and work with some of these people that have been here for two decades or more, honing their craft with other people who've been here with two decades or more, you know, and, and uh, cause that's, you can't get oh, as good as you can get just by staying by yourself in your own mm-hmm. corner of the world and not learning from the people who have been in the trenches. Right. When it comes to the musician that just moved to town and they just want to be a musician or a singer, you're honestly, you're better off in your small town making a big wave and, and they say that, you know, you play, your, you play your town and then you increase your circle radius just a little bit. Keep going out and keep expanding and growing that brand from where you are the big shot. You come here, there's millions of people. Right. Well, maybe not millions in this one town, but there's, there's thousands and thousands that are, want to do what you do. Many of which are better. Many of which are younger. So, uh, so it's so competitive. And many will play for little or nothing. Because they just want to be here. So making a living is much easier in your town than it is coming to Nashville. Right. But doing music. Yeah. There's well, no that's way re- around it. That. That's really encouraging to all the. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and you, you, it's great to come down here and visit, but don't just... Don't feel like you have to move to Nashville as an artist or a musician to be famous. Right. Because you right. can still do all your social media yep. network marketing. You can you can be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Right. Still make your trips and meet people. Yeah. And there's one less car for me to have to drive around. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, you know, if your heart's here, come on down because it, it, it is an experience, you know, yeah. and nobody can tell you what to do. All right. Right. I like it. That's funny.
0: I, li- I love the car part. My wife keeps going, I just wish they'd quit growing. Oh, I'm it's like, amazing, 100 I, people a day. I know, but, but I'm crazy. like, I like it, you know, being in real estate. But yeah, the traffic, oh, not so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful, probably as you, that we've been here for so long, that we know all the secondaries and when to get off, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now it's a matter of on 440, it's like, all right, dodge the pothole, go to the left, go to the right, right, go, you know. Uh, somebody had said their child had gotten lost in one of the potholes. <laughs> Um, so, die. tell me uh, some
1: cool experiences you've had in your journey. Gosh, the last couple of years I've had a song on a number one Billboard Bluegrass album and a number one country album, um, a song on a Grammy winning album, which was Polka, believe it or not. The last year Polka was eligible for Grammy. Nice. There's a lot of stuff in my favorite TV shows, um, jingles, and written two books. Mm hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All those things were so fun to be part of and to see the completion of it coming to life. Um, but I do think people need to understand that just because big things happen and they look great on paper, it doesn't mean that you're financially set. and It's it's a work, you're working, you're working constantly. You mm-hmm. know, um, your average album, I don't think people realize, an artist is going to print up a thousand copies to get started with for their, for their career. That's 9.1 cents. They had a song on there. Um, you made ninety-one bucks. If you wrote it with someone else, you made forty-five bucks. If you don't own the publishing, you made twenty-two dollars and seventy or whatever it is. So it's not—it's a game of pennies, unless you get that platinum artist who's selling a million. Then all of a sudden, you made ninety-one thousand uh, dollars. Radio hits—you know—if you had a country number one, you're looking at splitting a half million, maybe. So there, there's reasons why you do it, but you know, getting a song in a TV show or having a song on a big album in an era where people mostly steal the stuff off the internet and mm-hmm. don't pay for the album, it's not lucrative right. like it used to be, so you really have to have that big radio hit to, right. to change your life. Right. Um, I have friends that have gotten some really big jingles lately and commercials that have changed their life, too. You know Things like that, right. um, a lot of writers don't think about. They just think, oh, i got to write for Kenny Chesney mm-hmm. or this or that. But uh, TV and film... There were eight million chances for song placements last year eight million wow uh, and it just keeps growing with hulu and uh, netflix yeah, all making right. their own shows there's right. all these different opportunities and you're looking at average of you know two thousand dollars for a placement up front and then your your back end royalties so compare that to with the, the 91 dollars on getting album cuts and you, oh, I need to focus on TV and film and so that's, I've done a lot of that the last yeah. year or so. Yeah, so it makes me think, think you well. Know, to the
0: new musicians is think outside of the box. Exactly. You think exactly. You just, you know, you gotta make it but look at different avenues, you know, because oh, I yeah. guess that is a great thing with social media and, and like you said, even different, every every YouTube, Hulu, all of them now have their prime shows, you know, so they got, oh, yeah. you know, even more hits. So, uh,
1: and oh, and we'll, you know, we'll target companies that, uh, I look at a company. I look at their website. There's no music playing. They don't have a theme song. No. So why not? What's it going to hurt you? You write. Right. A, you write a jingle. Send it to them. They don't like it. You change the words. You send it to the next company. Yeah. So you know, thinking outside of the box. And, and can actually, go really it's funny far you say forward. that because
0: I'm even thinking you could like, you could, you know, market mm. podcasters. Sure. You know, intro jingle. I mean, I paid somebody to do my initial one, and I'm still going to use it. But he was a. You know music producer and he kind of helped with branding as well but but you know a lot of it was and it was you know i thought it was pretty cool um so yeah i like that that's oh yeah you gotta broaden yourself and sometimes it's good to niche down and sometimes it's good to expand a little bit you know absolutely so kind of listening to all that you've had going on with the books and you know the different stuff in music like have you surrounded yourself around kind of like-minded guys like What's been the motivating thing? Like, why did you say I'm gonna write a book? You know, or you just you just said I want to write a book? Well, the book thing,
1: um, I I think it's kind of two different questions, and I think they're both great questions. I think the book thing came from, for years, I worked with an artist development network company, and they would have clients come in that wanted to make an album, they wanted to write a song and be part of it, but they didn't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. You know, so. um, getting in on the ground floor with these people and kind of showing them, okay, that's not going to work. You need to do this. And, well, that's that's nice and it rhymes, but everybody and their grandmother has said it that way, so let's kind of coaching them through that. Um, so many of them had the same questions, getting started. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be nice to have a book, and that's where Hit Happens came from. Um, I answered all the basic questions sarcastically, as if, like, Simon Cowell and American Idol were mm-hmm. answering it and made fun of, of them and myself. And then I gave the real answer after that. Um, so it provided a little Humor, humor, humor with information. Yeah. yeah. But um, as far as the kind of people I surround myself with when, when I write, you know, go-getters. I look for people with talent that are that are go-getters with big hearts. You know, those, those are the three things that I look for. I mean, I look for, good people is above all mm-hmm. a talented, you know, whether they be a talented singer, which automatically is going to make the song sound good or, you know, just a great idea person or a melody person or whatever. And just the third part is really important to be a go-getter. You know, it's one thing to write the song and then it just sits there. Right. But do, are you do you have that creative mind? Okay, who can I get this to? How can I get it to them without going through their sister or whatever or give it to their sister, whatever mm-hmm. happens? Yeah. You know, um, that is a huge part of the whole networking thing is right. very, very important. And thinking of ways that Everybody else is, is not doing it, so you're not in that same stack of, of things that everybody else has. Uh, yeah, and I think,
0: too, like I had had lunch before this, and I'm sitting down with a guy, and as we're talking, you know, I know, like like marketing, I need to really focus on that this year. I got content. Now it's all right, now market it. But mm-hmm. even after talking to him, like just some of the stuff he was throwing out, um, you know, I'm like, golly, I need someone like him so i think it's realizing you know what you're good at and uh Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have limitations of what you can outsource right oh yeah but also you know asking for help and realize that when you're not good at something give it to somebody else so you know he he he's gonna help me out you know he's gonna help me with some facebook stuff and just kind of give me some structure because even though i'm like i could probably figure it out maybe like by next year, <laughs>
1: I'm like, I need oh, to, yeah. now. You know? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think God put a whole bunch of people on the world and they all have different talents. And if we recognize our, what our strength is and what our weakness is, and we pair ourselves with the person mm-hmm. that complements that weakness, there's just no stopping us. Agreed. Agreed. So you got every bit as good a chance as anybody else, if not better, by yep. keeping that mindset. So Yeah, definitely. That's what so
0: uh, fear holds so many people back um from really experiencing life and accomplishing god's will for their life Mm -hmm. Uh, when
1: fear has you bound how do you break free i I really never experienced fear honestly uh i just uh, i don't mean i'm not john rambo or or john wayne (laughs) or uh i just uh i know that i'm supposed to be here and um you know i lucked in i got a great job working with power source music and they focus on inspirational country music so Mm country music with a positive message i love country and i love god and they put it right together and, and it, it's a great fit for me and i just i don't know what to be afraid of right my only fear honestly growing up was not being a dad that was my only fear and i've got beautiful kids and uh, i just yeah i don't have that whole thing where i got to overcome right. this fear i right. just that's that's I just good that's good keep making
0: progress I've, I've seen it you know hold and you know kind of do that to people and uh, and I'm the same way. It's like it's hard to relate at times because when I'm like, man, I'm full steam ahead, excited. Yeah, things are going good. You know, get it. even more excited about all this connecting and stuff. And, and it's like, okay, I got to stop, though, and, you know, kind of be there for somebody. And, sure. Know, it's, uh, yeah, it could be uh, Yeah, that's difficult. another part
1: of it is being so focused and trying to achieve that dream that you don't want to let your family think that, that, you know, you're you're putting them on the back burner and that kind of right. thing. So you have to you have to pay attention to the things that matter because yep. the dream is not the only thing. Right. You know, that's right. just, a, that's a part of your life and, and it's nice to have a supportive yep. family yep. that understands that and, and, and gets that. agree. And, yeah. And my wife will say, hey, you know, she'll she'll pull me back in if yeah. I get too far out and I appreciate that about it. Yeah. Her. Yeah. And I think that's all,
0: that's kind of what I'm always thinking is, all right, how can I incorporate? Even uh, I did a podcast uh, last week and it was spring break. uh uh-huh. So I had Bryce, my 10-year-old, come sit he did good except he was eating his gummy So <laughs> yeah and uh, but he he wanted to be on he, th- he thought it was like live and I'm like no it's not live and because he wanted to sit right here and sure and but then afterwards we did a little Facebook live and I okay. was gonna ask him just some random questions I knew he would have but it was so funny like I mean I still listen to it I'm like that boy <laughs> I mean he cracked me up like so many questions I had to stop him once because he was ranting on uh teachers and why he doesn't like Reading, he likes reading, but he doesn't like to know what all it takes to write a book, or you know what I mean. Right. So it, he wants it, the it was, information really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't it, give me the details. It was funny, but you know, so incorporating them into you know something because you never mm-hmm. know. You know, you sit down with your with your daughters, you know, and incorporating something that could trigger with them, and next thing you know, they could run off with that. Oh know? yeah. So uh yeah, that's cool. So uh, looking back to your younger you, what advice mm-hmm. would you give yourself regarding parenting,
1: marriage, business, music, et cetera? Uh, I would say be patient and be persistent. You know, we want it really fast, but as anybody would. But I can honestly say when I when I moved to town, had it happened for me that first year, how could you possibly appreciate it as much as putting your nose to the grindstone and working, working, working through rejection and mm-hmm. through small accomplishments? One after another um, for twenty years, you know that, that that's when you really appreciate it as watch it all unfold because you really had to work for it. Yeah, it'd be not. I mean, it would have been easier. Right, <laughs> obviously, right. it'd have been nice to just come here. And, hey, Garth Brooks got the song. It's number one. I think I'm buying a house. Yeah, and a houseboat. Right. But uh, I think just I would tell myself just to be patient, hang in there, and it's all gonna it's all yeah. gonna work out. Just work work for it. Right. But it doesn't have to happen overnight. Well, at least the great thing is
0: patience. It's really easy for most people, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm
1: not sure if that's true. <laughs> like,
0: like driving on the road, right? Yes, road rage. Um, so from mm-hmm. the great words of Paul in Timothy 4.7, mm-hmm. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Mm-hmm. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave?
1: Uh, you know, I hope I, I hope I raised kids that made the world better. And I hope they, you know, when... To me, the definition of a c- successful person is somebody who makes the lives... Of those around them better instead of more difficult mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. on a regular basis yeah you know if if you walk in a room and people go hey and they smile or you walk in a room and they go uh, that's Corey. you know that's to me that's success or non-success and, and all the accolades that you might could get uh, chasing the dream those are fun too but that's right. not it's not the same thing you know yeah. I, and on a music side um we all want to know that maybe there's at least one song that when somebody hears it, they, don't, they know the words. Like everybody in the world, you know, we want to sitting on the dock of the bay, or right. "Stand By Me," or "Friends in Low Places," or something that just everybody knows. That'd be a lot of fun for a writer. But in the end, if you uh, if you lived a good life and, and people enjoyed your company and you got to do what you love to do, then uh, what do you, how do you ask for yeah. for more than that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm stuck on the first part of
0: the success of walking into a, uh, you know, room. How does your family respond? That's I mean, it's sure. really something to think about. You know, uh, oh yeah, man, that dream could be fun chasing, but if you're, if you're uh, having a negative impact on your family, it's like, what's the point?
1: And it's know? easy to get there because we all, you want it so bad, you work so hard at it, mm-hmm. and then you so oh, let me just turn it up a little bit. Right. About oh, turning it up a little bit, it may means you're neglecting. Yeah. You know the things yep. that that are there for you no matter what and so right. it's it's definitely a fine line and it's tough to yeah it's tough to distinguish between the two sometimes that's awesome well anything else anything else you want to add you know if if they want to go to amazon.com and, and type in hit happens and, and laugh a little bit at a book if they know somebody that's just getting started in songwriter uh, they're more f- so for the people getting started not okay. the ones that have been here 30 years uh However, the 101 ways to get your songs recorded, I think anybody might find something there they didn't think of. Right, right. Uh, cool. Um, but other than that, uh, hope everybody keeps writing and keeps thinking outside the box. Or actually, I hope they don't, because then it's easier for me to compete. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> it's always that but, balance, right? Yeah.
0: Like, like even in real estate, like I'm, Natalie's like, you got to quit like being so positive because you know people go, I want to get in real estate, you know, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah, you know, but hey, it's uh, God provides, so I'm not worried about yeah, it sure. You. Um, but yeah, it, it is funny. Um, how it's like that competition, but no, I want to teach and exactly. Know. Well, man, appreciate you uh, taking your time out of uh, your afternoon to come. Yeah. Thanks for sitting in a cozy me. Rambler and uh, out of the nice cold elements. So
1: hopefully, um, w- spring will be here soon. I would like to say, if they uh, would this be heard before anytime uh, soon. Um, It'll probably be in probably about a month or something. I don't know okay. the exact time. Well, they'll, they'll be too late for the ICM Awards this okay. year. But um, it, it, all the writers and singers out there that like positive country music, mm-hmm. every year there's the Inspirational Country Music Awards. This year okay. it's at the Grand Ole Opry, uh, April 5th, and I think that might be where it is next year too. So okay. I encourage them to check out ICM Awards on YouTube and kind of, okay because uh, they want to pitch this. The artists there are really, they're really accepting of mm-hmm. outside music. They love for you to send them their songs and say, "Hey, I, I thought of you when I wrote this song." And um, you have a lot better chance than the mainstream artist to like, "Oh no, you're not my cousin or my record right. label, so I'm not going to listen to that." You know, right. Um, right? So I encourage people to check that out and 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 to not worry about starting small in any avenue because that little artist one day may be that next right. big artist or that producer of that little artist that may be the next big producer. Yep. So, yep. so pitch it. your stuff. Cool. Well, man, appreciate your time. Thank you much. All right.
0: I know for sure if you are a musician listening to this episode, you will walk away with some great insight and a few nuggets to apply to your music career. As with any business, there is always something to learn from someone else's story and life experience, so I hope you walk away with something as well. As far as the sponsors, if you have not picked up on it yet, I'm a realtor in the Nashville area with a focus on residential real estate and real estate investing. I'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. You can also give Brandon Hutchison a call with the Legacy Mutual Mortgage for all of your lender needs and limestone title and escrow for any title needs. Thanks again for tuning in to Nashville Untold. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, share it with someone, and leave a review. Make sure to check out the show notes for more details on both the musicians and ways to connect with them. Now, turn up the volume and enjoy a song by Alex Smith.
3: This year we wrote this song uh, called Other Side of Midnight. I wrote it with uh, Anthony Smith and Clay Mills, and uh, we've got a few songs with them that are out getting pitched around a little bit, so I don't know if I'm going to keep this guy or not, but it's one of my favorites that we've written recently, so Other Side of Midnight. Here we go. I don't know your name, but I know what you like. Dirty martinis every Thursday night. You always laugh at my jokes every time I'm pouring your drinks. A little small talk, then you gotta leave. Do you run to, do you go? Do you have a boyfriend? Does he work too? I just wanna know what you do on the other side of midnight. midnight. Tell me what you like Is a street home, are you staying out Are you blue jean barefoot dancing in the moonlight Moonlight Tell me girl, tell me girl Whatever you're into I want to get into with you On the other side of midnight Yeah, on the other side of midnight You always come in a- Checking your phone Is there somebody waiting somewhere else Girl, the next wants me If you promise not to leave Before I close down this place tonight so I wanna get to know you Know the real you Wanna meet you Wanna be with you On the other side of Midnight, tell me what you like If a street home ain't stay out Are you blue jean barefoot dancing in the moonlight? Moonlight, tell me girl, tell me girl Whatever you're into, I want to get into it before. You're on the other side of midnight Yeah, on the other side of midnight Do you have a boyfriend? Does he work too I just want to know what you do On the other side of midnight, midnight Tell me what you like Is it straight home? Are you staying now? Are you bougie you're dancing in the moonlight, moonlight? Tell me girl, tell me girl Whatever you're into I want to get into
0: If you've enjoyed listening to nashville untold with andrew buckwalter we encourage you to leave us a rating or review on itunes and be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode to be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts send us an email to podcast at com.
2: until next time